0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. How should we think about the end of the world as we know it? Not my words, rather the title of a new report this week from insideclimatenews.org. But the headline sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Right on theme, for the end of the world as we know it broadcast. If you're willing to face bad news, you tuned into the right channel. The report further states, yes, it's a catastrophe. And then it says, no, you would not be better off if you continued to tell yourself otherwise. It's a quote from the report. As I've stated so many times, if you're standing in the middle of the freeway at rush hour, and indeed we are, should you turn your back to traffic or should you face it? That answer is clear. Any mention of climate intervention operations in this report? No. To admit that factor would make the report conclusion far more dire than it already is. Governments all over the world are colluding and cooperating on the climate engineering issue issue, And other ongoing issues of grave concern. There's no other possibility. We are collectively being herded, no, stampeded, over the edge of the abyss. How many are willing to summon the courage to steadfastly stand against the rapidly rising sea of insanity that surrounds us? How many will stand and be counted? Conversely, how many will continue to conform with the herd at any cost? The individual has always had to struggle to keep from being overwhelmed by the tribe. If you try it, a.k.a. to go against the herd, you will be lonely often and sometimes frightened. But no price is too high to pay for the privilege of owning yourself. That's a quote from Friedrich Nietzsche. How many still blindly believe that the global controllers have the best of intentions, that they are only here to help? Time to wake up. Here's another timeless nugget of wisdom from Nietzsche. There are two different types of people in the world, those who want to know and those who want to believe. Remember and consider that the hallmark of a healthy mind is an unyielding willingness to face the truth, no matter how dire. Doubling down on technology isn't saving us, it's driving the nails into our collective coffins. Futuristic science fiction movies with hovercrafts and still functional environments are delusional. How many have been trained to believe that because carbon-fueled vehicles, for example, are bad, electric cars are good? How many have been taught and trained to believe that because electric cars aren't so good after all, that carbon-fueled cars and societies must be good, must be okay, and are somehow magically sustainable? Here's the unpleasant and unwanted fact of the matter. Both trajectories lead to a dead end. Neither paradigm is sustainable in any way, How many are willing to face that fact? How many are willing to look up at the toxic spraying of our skies and to consider the gravity and immediacy of the threat posed by climate intervention operations, a threat which can't be overstated? Is the military-industrial complex still considering instigating a limited nuclear exchange in order to further load the atmosphere with sun-blocking particles, a.k.a. radioactive climate engineering? Short answer is yes. As previously covered on this broadcast, this scenario is being discussed in some high-level circles. What would the result be? Consider this new headline from theconversation.com. Quote, even a limited nuclear war could devastate the world's oceans. Here's what our modeling shows. Global famine and climate breakdown. Close. That headline is close, but not the full truth. It's Far worse than that. Conclusion, already almost dead oceans would be completely wiped out. And now let's add this. The already horrifically damaged and still deteriorating ozone layer would be finished off by a nuclear exchange on any scale. Dead oceans, dead planet, collapsed ozone layer, dead planet, aka global omnicide times two. And there's many more converging cataclysms that are now unstoppable As well, with or without a nuclear exchange. About our already dying seas, new from techexploits.com. Patterns of mass extinction coincided with rapid decrease in marine oxygen levels. What a coincidence that that's exactly what's occurring in our oceans right now. How many hypoxic and anoxic dead zones are there that's low and no oxygen zones? Over 500 and growing. Our oceans are dying by the day. We're hurling toward what's known as Canfield Ocean, lifeless, dead, oxygenless, stratified, and superheated seas. And what about atmospheric oxygen levels also plummeting as plankton dies? So does half the oxygen production on the planet. I completely realize that all of this sounds extremely bad, but that's only because it is. Here's more. This time, On how so-called civilization is doing with the controllers that are clinically insane at the wheel, new from the Weather Channel. Huge swaths of the nation, i.e. the U.S., at risk of winter blackouts in case of extreme weather, as if it's not happening all the time. In regard to the coming blackouts, there's no if. It's a given. It's going to happen. And at some point soon, the lights aren't going to come back on. A headline of public conditioning is what this is. And how many when they're shivering in the dark, will try to convince themselves that there's nothing nefarious going on because the controllers told them it was coming ahead of time. And to those that think stocking up on firearms and shiny metals will save you, think again. When the boat goes down, we all go with it. No exceptions. A final excerpt from the Inside Climate News Into the World As We Know It report. The doomsday clock creeps ever closer to midnight we are now in a moment that the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists calls both perilous and unsustainable. The truth about catastrophe is that even in its tumultuous midst, we mostly forge ahead, sloughing off our terror. We adapt, we rebuild, and we convince ourselves that the fates of our neighbors won't befall us. When everything familiar is crumbling around us, Our first instinct is so often to cling to any scraps of normalcy that remain. The controllers and their mainstream media sock puppets are doing their best to feed the epidemic of normalcy bias till the last possible moment, till the moment of impact. But there's another way forward, another way to think through catastrophe. We can, we must seek solace in the clarity of action. How many times I've stated on this broadcast that the only true solace we will ever know exists in facing the storm head on. Hiding in our cabins, below the deck of the sinking Titanic, a.k.a. planet Earth, won't save us and will never, ever provide solace. Question, what's considered normal and sane in societies that are anything but How many are still choosing to blindly believe what official sources tell them, what their paid so-called experts tell them, and what the mainstream media ministry of disinformation tells them? And how many are telling the populations to not question anything, to not investigate anything, and definitely not to think for themselves? Follow the herd straight into the abyss. That's what the controllers have trained far too much of the population to do. And that, sadly, is what is considered normal and sane in the planetary asylum. This is Dane Wiginton with GeoengineeringWatch.org. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial free, non political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. Moving on, a subject that almost none are willing to even consider, let alone honestly investigate engineered winter weather and the sensationalized headlines produced from it, which are used to confuse and divide populations regarding the true state of planetary meltdown and global climate collapse, being further fueled by the climate intervention operations. Consider the following string of this week's headlines that are only an example, while record warmth, devastating drought dried up rivers, and overall climate and environmental collapse are completely off the radar for happy holiday shoppers. From many sources, again from this week, snow pummels western New York as Metro Buffalo digs out from up to six feet of accumulation. That's from CNN. Another headline, Erie County, which includes Buffalo, experienced its largest ever amount of snowfall in a 24-hour period. Another headline, same theme, Orchard Park, where the NFL's Buffalo Bills play, recorded a snow total of 80 inches. Another headline, record snowfall creates treacherous travel. About that headline, let's keep in mind what is showing up in lab tests of the frozen precipitation that's now called snow, as if it's a naturally nucleated snow. Surfactants. Surfactants are what makes soap, soap. So how slippery is soap-soaked snow? I'll let the listener decide. And why would the climate engineers use surfactants? Because surfactants help to keep the particle dispersions from coagulating together into larger clumps, which would mean they would fall out of the atmosphere far faster than they already are. Another footnote on the surfactants, how many have seen what appears to be foaming rain or the massive ocean foaming events like that which occurred during Hurricane Nicole's landfall? Also indicative of surfactants. Next, from the Washington Post, more sensationalized headlines. Hundreds had to be rescued from snow in western New York, Governor says. From the New York Times, this, the monster buffalo storm may have set records. No, not may, did. Did. Headline on that theme, Buffalo Breaks Daily Maximum Snowfall Record. Another from AccuWeather, Second Consecutive Daily Maximum Snowfall Record in Buffalo. Another, Five Feet of Snow Strands Vehicles. Still more headlines, Kids Are Sledding Over Buried Cars in Western New York. Another headline, Snow on Roofs Could Weigh More Than a School Bus. And this, How to Shovel Heavy Wet Snow. Shoveling heavy wet snow can lead to serious injuries and cardiac events, the report says, such as heart attacks. Question, does it seem like just about anything and everything can now cause a heart attack? I wonder why. About the sensationalized headlines, I ask, do we see so many sensationalized headlines about record high temperatures, record warm nightly lows, devastating drought and the increasing crop-crushing dust bowl conditions in so many parts of the planet? No. Populations are distracted by engineered winter events over very small geographic areas. That's exactly what's happening. Welcome to the chemical ice nucleation winter wonderland. Again, in a few very isolated locations, the climate engineers manipulate wind patterns by manipulating atmospheric pressure zones. In this case, the wind is straight-lined across the record-warm Great Lakes where it picks up moisture, and then the flow is focused on a few selected regions. Chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations are conducted overhead. Search the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about this core aspect of climate engineering operations, patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. Again, highly sensationalized winter weather headlines are pumped out by mainstream media. Populations are convinced that everything's fine when it's anything but. And how many headlines is mainstream media covering about the once in over a thousand year drought in the U.S. West and so many other parts of the world? What do the weather makers have scheduled for Northern California? A chance of a few toxic, chemically ice nucleated showers between now and next year, Most of the rest of the days between now and January are scheduled to be cloudy with no rain, bone dry. At this point in Northern California, in my location, where we normally receive 70 inches of rain per year, if we reach December with no significant rain, we will have gone almost a year with no significant rain almost a year and we are now well over 500 inches of rain short in my location on the former thriving forest on the east side of lake shasta now dead and dying we are nearly 500 inches of rain short since 2007 my off-grid home with solar wind and hydropower again the cover article of home power magazine largest re magazine in the world now all too often there's no wind no rain no sun, i.e. no alternative energy, along with the dead and dying forests. That is the gift of climate engineering, not only toxifying the entire planet and every breath we take, poisoning soils and waters, but it diminishes direct sunlight, affects convection, thus lessening overall planetary wind, and diminishes rain, greatly diminishes rain, radically and negatively negatively affecting all three primary forms of alternative energy. Do we see any of the so-called environmental groups talking about this or the so-called environmental politicians? No, we don't. And they certainly won't talk about it at the COP27 conference. More on that shortly. Engineered Drought Catastrophe, Target California. That's the title of a GeoengineeringWatch.org live presentation done nearly a decade ago. Everything covered in that presentation has happened and is happening. The first full page newspaper ad sending the exact same warning was paid for by GeoengineeringWatch.org six years sooner still, almost a decade and a half ago. And still the majority are all too happy to keep their eyes wide shut and shop till they drop. If I sound angry, if I sound jaded, It's only because I am, and why wouldn't I be? We're fighting for our lives, and it's not just the engineered drought deluge scenarios. What else is being seeded into the rain? Do you really want to know? From sciencealert.org, this headline from this week, Earth can stabilize its own climate. That sounds hopeful, doesn't it? But here's the rest of the headline. But not quickly enough to help us. That is a gross understatement. In fact, the equilibrium period after past mass extinctions that were not nearly as severe as what's happening now were 10 to 20 million years. Yeah, I would say that that is not quickly enough. The report says the argument is that we need some sort of stabilizing mechanism to keep temperatures suitable for life. But they say it's never been demonstrated from data that such a mechanism has consistently controlled Earth's climate, in quote. What's this report referring to? Climate engineering, of course. How's over 75 years of climate engineering working out so far? Short-term, highly toxic surface cooldowns that come at the cost of an even worse overall warming. A quick footnote for our new on-air listeners. Why do I focus so much of this broadcast on climate engineering? This is why. The planetary assault in our skies is the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face, short of nuclear annihilation. If the atmospheric aerosol-spraying assault isn't exposed and halted, our days are numbered. Not opinion. Mathematical certainty. Chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations, i.e. engineered winter weather, is often carried out with moisture from far above freezing bodies of water, like the Great Lakes, like the events that just happened. The even more extreme examples are situations like the Dallas, Texas deep freeze from last year that had its moisture straight off the record warm Gulf of Mexico. Chemical ice nucleation operations create a very biting cold layer of air at the ground level, and the frozen material produced, now passing as naturally nucleated snow, which it isn't, is often far colder than the surrounding ambient temperatures, can be 15 or 20 degrees colder. This phenomenon isn't nature. It defies the laws of physics. It's the result of patented processes of chemical ice nucleation. And for the record, when Dallas was near zero degrees, it was approximately 85 degrees at about the same latitude in Florida. It was 33 degrees warmer than Dallas, Texas at the North Pole. Think about that. Next headline from nature.com. Aerosols, again, microscopic particles suspended in the atmosphere, exactly what climate engineering operations utilize. The headline is, aerosols must be included in climate risk assessments. That report states, estimates of impending risk ignore a major factor in regional change and climate extremes. For the record, it's no accident that aerosols are not addressed in climate risk assessments or in any other official air quality testing. The entire matrix is rigged to cover the tracks of the climate engineers and the tens of millions of tons of highly toxic nanoparticles they are spraying into our skies annually. Again, take your brightest flashlight, get a dark location on a night after a hazy spray-filled day. Aim the light straight up, look straight up through the beam. It will look like a blizzard is occurring in that light beam. Try it. And consider how much we are sucking in With every single breath, recent science studies estimate as many as 20 million particles in every breath we take. Many would ask, how can that be? Consider that up to 100,000 nanoparticles can fit across the width of a human hair, depending on how wide that hair is, 60 to 100,000. That's how you can inhale that much with every breath. Solar radiation management, dimming the sun by spraying our skies with highly toxic nanoparticles. What a great idea. Of course, criminal governments would never ask for the public's permission before deploying climate engineering operations. And of course, they didn't. Volumes of data backs up this conclusion. Yet, when those brave enough to tell the truth point out the shockingly obvious and inarguable spraying of our skies. They're labeled as conspiracy theorists by societies and citizens that are considered, quote, normal. More new reports on climate engineering from this week alone. Lots of them. The list I'm about to cover is only a fraction of the total. Let's start with this. From thenewyorker.com. Dimming the sun to cool the planet is a desperate idea, yet we're inching toward it. This report's by. Bill McKibben, he's the founder of the Environmental Hypocrisy Organization, 350.org, funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. Puzzle pieces that fit together perfectly. From the report, again titled, Dimming the Sun to Cool the Planet is a Desperate Idea, Yet We're Inching Toward It. No. Ongoing for over 75 years. The report states, a climate, quote, solution that helps some and harms others could spark its own kind of crisis climate solution? Really? After 75 years of steadily ramped up climate engineering operations, how's that so-called solution going? Here's how. Planetary omnicide looming large on the extremely near-term horizon. The New Yorker report continues with this. If we decide to, quote solar geoengineer the earth, to spray highly reflective particles of material such as sulfur, And we know aluminum in reality from lab tests all over the globe, hundreds of them, into the stratosphere in order to deflect sunlight and so cool the planet. It will be the second most expansive project that humans have ever undertaken. The first, the report says, obviously is the ongoing emission of carbon and other heat trapping gases into the atmosphere. The report then states, the idea behind solar geoengineering is essentially to mimic what happens when volcanoes push particles into the atmosphere. A large eruption can measurably cool the world for a year or two. That's correct. And recent science study corroborates this. So what happens after 75 years of this type of operation? The cooling effect, because of the negative downstream effects, turns into a an overall warming effect so that what happens then is exactly what I've stated at Geoengineering Watch for a decade and a half, short-term, highly toxic cooldowns at the cost of an even worsened warming. This report from the New Yorker then says, conditions may force a reckoning with the idea of solar geoengineering, of blocking from Earth some of the sunlight that has always nurtured it. I truly struggle with finding the words for the totality of insanity that surrounds us, the whole of the so-called science community describing what is clearly ongoing in our skies as just a proposal and nearly the whole of so-called society pretending the same because the truth is just too alarming to face. But soon, very soon, there'll be no more margin for denial. The report mentions a Carnegie Science Council initiative of how the United Nations might govern geoengineering. The result of these initiatives, if not the goal, may be to normalize the idea of geoengineering. The New Yorker report then states this, quote, it might damage the ozone layer, might, could, may, might, for the record too late, already hurling toward near-term functional ozone layer collapse, perhaps by mid-decade, this decade. If direct sunlight now feels very intense on your skin and on surfaces, it's because it is. The sun hasn't changed, however, it's the disintegration of the ozone layer. Climate engineering, the core causal factor, the biggest factor of all, not the only factor, but by far the biggest. And about the Carnegie Science Initiative mentioned in this report. Carnegie Science is neck deep in the climate engineering cover-up. If you want to know who, names and faces with Carnegie Science, search this geoengineeringwatch.org report title, Exposing Faces of the Carnegie Science Criminal Climate Engineering Cover-Up. Moving on, more headlines about climate engineering from this week alone. Cloudy with a Chance of... Cooling the planet. That's from Popular Science. From that report, the top circles of academia and government are increasingly discussing these kinds of tactics, often called solar radiation management or geoengineering. What is that? Jet aircraft spraying particles into the skies. Any but the clinically blind can see this going on. Another headline, also from this week, from Spectrum.org. Test of planet cooling scheme could start in 2022. Again, The reflection of the insanity, pretending these operations have not already been ongoing for decades. This report states, the proposal calls for what's known as solar geoengineering, sounds like the last headline, cooling the planet by deflecting sunlight that would otherwise strike the planet. What else does it do? It traps more heat than it deflects. It contaminates the entire biosphere. It totally disrupts the hydrological cycle. It destroys the ozone layer. There's not much bad it doesn't do, but none of that's mentioned in these kinds of reports because there are too many invested in this insanity. Another report, also from this week, multiple sources titled, What is Geoengineering and Can It Save the Planet? Question mark. The report says, Geoengineering is, quote, one of the most controversial and consequential climate change fighting tactics yet. It's total insanity. It's weather warfare. Still more sources pretending it isn't already happening. Another headline, also from this week, ehn.org, solar geoengineering, can we buy time to heal climate change, question mark. I mean, think of this. Pretending that this card hasn't already been played. Pretending that completely criminal, corrupt governments all over the world are going to wait for our permission Before they do this, what an absolutely absurd notion. This report says, solar geoengineering, can we buy time to heal climate change? Question mark, can we cool our warming planet by blocking sunlight in the atmosphere? More headlines, same theme. Again, this is all from this week alone. If you search in a search engine for the geoengineering term for the last week alone, you'll be shocked at how much is being published every single week. And still, the whole of so-called academia pretending it isn't already happening. Here's the headline. Multiple sources again. Is geoengineering a suitable tool for the climate toolbox? They say geoengineering by reflecting incoming sunlight is one tool that has been proposed. Again, pretending it isn't ongoing. Next headline, same theme. I want to give an example, snapshot example from this week alone. U.S. government begins researching climate intervention, a.k.a. geoengineering. Another headline, also this week, fine-tuning the climate. It's from DWTV. It's in Germany. Another one, the pros and cons of geoengineering to save the planet. Another headline, COP27, panel discussion on the ethics of climate engineering. There's no ethics with climate engineering. There's no ethics with playing God with the weather, with toxic elements that are wreaking havoc on the web of life and populations all over the world. There is no ethics in that equation few more sample headlines to cover. Please bear with me. All of them from this week, and they're only a fraction of the total. I'm trying to give an example of how absurd this denial is by every media source, every so-called climate scientist. Absolutely insane, absurd denial. Next headline, wrap it in a blanket. White House studying if they can block the sun to stop climate change. From that report... Forget electric vehicles and solar power. The White House is studying whether they can effectively block the sun to stop climate change. Still more reports from this week. This one from TheEconomist.org. What if geoengineering goes rogue? What if? Is this source suggesting that the crime syndicates that are masquerading as legitimate governments could, may, might use this as a weapon against populations? No, our government would never do that, would they? Last few headlines. Thank you for your patience. From geoengineeringmonitor.org, again this week. No to legitimizing geoengineering as if it's not been going on again for three quarters of a century. Here's a headline from Forbes.com earlier this year Geoengineering, colon, injecting aerosols into the atmosphere is untested and dangerous. Well, that's half true. It's certainly dangerous and that is an understatement. Here's a final headline on this trajectory, but this is the most important because it puts it all into context. Here's the headline, Weather Made to Order. What's most important about this last headline report? It's from Collier's Magazine from May of 1954. The title on the cover of the 68-year-old magazine is Weather Made to Order. Man's Progress in Weather Control. Again, from 1954. From 1958, an edition of Popular Science magazine was titled, Weather as a Weapon. This report is also very important to examine. This kind of straightforward reporting on the issue of global climate modification, aka geoengineering solar radiation management, has long since been shut down in mainstream publications and denied by the so-called climate science community. The power structure bought and paid for experts are too invested in the denial of climate engineering to turn back, so they just keep doubling down on the lie that it doesn't exist. If you want to read the full magazine articles from 1954 and 1958, search geoengineeringwatch.org weather made to order colliers magazine or geoengineeringwatch.org popular science magazine weather as a weapon to add a bit more to this timeline there is of course the 1962 film footage of president lyndon johnson raving like a lunatic stating that we had the power to control the world's cloud layer then and he who controls the weather controls the world He who controls the weather controls food supplies, thus controls populations, thus controls the world. And this is much, much more than just weather control. And all of it, ultimately, about power and control. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the Bad News Broadcast, installment number 381, November 26, 2022, This is Dane Wiginton, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by GeoengineeringWatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial free non political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations including Denver, Portland, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, California, Washington State, Alabama, New York State, two stations in the far north of California and now in North and South Dakota. Geoengineering Watch, wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice in this last hour desperate effort to sound the alarm. About sounding the alarm, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mailouts don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. Now with over 1 million views on YouTube, the best way to share it is by circulating the direct link to the dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the dimming or global alert news or any other geoengineering watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience and about reaching those that still aren't looking up. Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There are very high quality printed materials and just added climate engineering conversation starters, our new Geoengineering Watch shirts with very high quality four color images on both sides of the shirt, scannable business cards and bumper stickers. All effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue, and that's how you plant a seed of awareness. Doing so is the first and most important leap we can make toward getting the as-of-yet-uninformed to look up. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out as we awaken our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, their own demise, and ours. One more footnote, if you want to share a picture with a Geoengineering Watch t-shirt or perhaps our new hoodies that will soon be available, a photo at a gym or a farmer's market, busy street downtown, etc., please send your photo to us so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. Moving on. Geoengineering Watch has stated for a decade and a half that there would come a time when the toxic spraying of our skies would become so out of control, and the damage so severe that climate engineering operations could no longer be hidden. That time now draws near. From YahooNews.com, White House admits we might need to block the sun to stop climate change. The report is dedicated specifically to a form of geoengineering known as solar radiation management report states, this is a technique that essentially involves spraying fine aerosols into the atmosphere to reflect sunlight away from the earth. The idea is that once it's reflected, there will be less heat and temperatures will go down. Think how simplistic this sounds. Just put some more filth in the atmosphere to block some of the sun. And who cares about the countless downstream consequences with systems that are so complex that the so-called science community has no idea of the totality of their function No idea. The report continues: Of course, such a measure doesn't come without risk. Geoengineering critics warn that it could have unintended consequences. Could, could, may might. This is how absurd governments and the science communities they control have become. They say consequences that ripple out all over the globe. They then say, after all, when you spray aerosols into the atmosphere, they're going to spread out. Its effects would be felt everywhere, no matter where you initially sprayed it. This could lead to a butterfly effect of disastrous events. Could? This is a massive harbinger of the insanity which we're all drowning in. The report continues, temperatures could dip so low that it results in crop loss, which we've experienced before in the year without a summer. Changes to the atmosphere could also intensify weather events like storms. Some researchers suggest that solar geoengineering could even spread disease. A lot of coulds in this everywhere, isn't there? Pretending it's not already happening when it is. This report, again titled... White House admits we might need to block the sun to stop climate change, continues with this. As the adage goes, drastic times call for drastic measures. What does it say, then, that the U.S. government has decided to put some skin in the game and fund research and resources into solar geoengineering? The facade continues, pretending that it isn't going on, blatantly obvious in our skies all over the world. Report goes on. At the recent UN Climate Summit, Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez announced that the world was, quote, on the highway to climate hell, end quote. Not only have we failed to reach the 1.5 degree Celsius threshold outlined by the Paris Climate Agreement, but we're on our way to blowing past the 2 degree Celsius goal as well. Let's stop there. Frontline, uncensored temperature data indicates that we have blown past the 3.5 degree C level. Temperatures are falsified across the board. Records are falsified across the board. When you look at a past temperature rise graph, all the official graphs are done in a manner that effectively eliminates the first degree plus of warming since the Industrial Revolution. And it's that kind of falsification that has masked the totality of meltdown that's occurring on the planet right now. And so many people are so caught up in their disdain, justifiable disdain for Al Gore, for the so-called Green New Deal, for environmental groups. But that disdain should not interfere with rational thought and rational deduction and conclusion. The planet's not just warming. It's in total meltdown. And these extreme cool-downs are not a sign of global cooling, it's climate engineering. And those who attribute these cool downs to some sort of natural indication of a cooling of the planet, that's exactly the narrative the climate engineers want. That's exactly what they want the public to parrot. Why would anyone who claims to be fighting climate engineering parrot that line? Final excerpts from this report. This means that we're increasingly finding ourselves with limited options, with our backs against the wall, an ocean rising to our feet, and the planet burning around us. We might have little choice but to use the, quote, airbag and pray that it saves us all. Let that sink in for a moment. The global controllers expect us to believe that climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare, is the, quote, airbag, the magic bullet, that's going to save us. They expect us to believe that climate engineering is safe and effective. Now consider that the climate intervention operations were never benevolent. And the damage already done over the last 75 plus years can't be undone in any time frame that matters. What we're fighting for now is to salvage some part of the planet's remaining life support systems. If you don't believe it's this bad, you will. No functional environment, no humans. Why do so few stop to consider that? More headlines from this week from Climate Action Australia. Is COP27 the end of hopes for limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius? Again, for the record, the 1.5 degree C milestone was passed perhaps two decades ago. Based on frontline unfiltered temperature readings, we're now likely past 3.5 degrees C of warming since the pre-industrial baseline, meaning we are now past the baseline temperature at which humans have existed on the planet. Climate Action Australia report then continues, this year's annual meeting was billed as the implementation COP, but so far nothing's been implemented and it has thus failed to achieve what it set out to do. This is a statement from Stephanie Hermer, a senior researcher at the University of Oxford's Energy and Power Group. She stated, while everyone knows the 1.5 degree target is off the table, it's not openly discussed in official sessions. Again, this whole COP everything is smoke and mirrors, a facade. Behind the scenes, it's business as usual with climate engineering being the real agenda. The report continues with this, the only way to stay under that limit... A recent United Nations Environmental Program report concluded would be for industrialized nations to rapidly reduce greenhouse gas emissions, cutting them by about half in the next eight years, and to zero by 2050. But nothing that happened at this year's two-week conference has increased the likelihood that will happen. We're not decreasing emissions. They are increasing. Pedal to the metal. And these dates mean nothing, because in the current trajectory, we won't be here, not by 2050 not by 2030, and our whole reality likely will be long gone by 2025. Doesn't mean no one will be here, but it means the current paradigm is disintegrating by the day. This article continues with this. According to a UN report released just before COP27, the pledges to reduce greenhouse gas emissions put the planet on a path to heat between 2.1 and 2.9 degrees, which would lead to catastrophic climate impacts, including even more deadly heat waves, worsening droughts and water shortages, crop failures, as well as degradation of ecosystems that could wipe out some species of animals, insects, birds, and plants. Think of the absurdity of all this. We're past all these milestones that they name here, and when they say could wipe out some species of mammals, insects, birds, and plants, populations of all the above have already collapsed. Global pelagic fish populations down 90%. Bluefin tuna, 98%. Insect populations, terrestrial and aquatic, down 80 to 90%. Plankton populations in the Atlantic, based on peer-reviewed study, down 90%. Wildlife populations in the last 40 years, although some now try to claim 50, it's 40 years, is down likely 80%. There's no could, may, might here. It's already happened, and it's accelerating by the day, and it's not hard to graph this trajectory. It ends in a dead planet. If this trajectory is not completely and immediately altered, that will be our final destination, Last excerpts from this report. For two weeks, rich countries have stonewalled, delayed, and distracted, trying to kick the can down the road with more demands for assessments, reports, and dialogues. It's an economic COP climate conference, the report says. Nothing more. That's exactly true. What have I said on so many broadcasts? All the climate conferences, smoke and mirrors. No one intends to change business as usual. There's too much money invested, too much greed, too much gluttony. Climate engineering is what they're really pushing behind the curtain, as if that's going to save us or keep business as usual for much longer. It's not. It has pounded the final nails into our collective coffins, most likely. Final excerpt. Recent reports from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change show that it's still theoretically possible to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees C Celsius, but most of the paths toward that goal rely on removing large quantities of carbon dioxide directly from the air, an option that may never be economically viable at the scale required. All of this is absolute total Deception the intergovernmental panel on climate change bought sold and paid for largest scientific panel on any subject in human history And they don't even include the single most dire climate factor of all methane the methane monster feedback loop formerly frozen methane deposits have been in our thawing and literally in many cases exploding into the atmosphere Methane beginning to cover the planet like a layer of glass, allowing heat in but not out. Climate engineering, in the attempt to mask this, in the attempt to hide it from populations, is further fueling this process. And we have these this massive science panel that is nothing but an elaborate deception. With that conclusion in mind, a senior attorney with the Center for International Environmental Law stated this, quote, This COP climate conference has been marred with the promotion of false solutions. That's exactly true. Another headline, same theme continuing on this trajectory, greenwashing governments and oil companies turned COP27 into a climate disaster. From that report, the international climate talks in Egypt, the 27th Conference of Parties to the 1992 UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, or COP27, have become a dystopian nightmare. Oil companies, dictators, and greenwashers captured the process more effectively than ever this year. The fossil fuel PR circus in Egypt has obscured the frightful crisis at the heart of the talks that the door is closing on the possibility of keeping global heating to 1.5 degrees C. That door is slammed shut, been slammed shut for about two decades, and still so many pretending it isn't so. New from the New York Times, let's add to this puzzle. Inside the Saudi strategy to keep the world hooked on oil. This is a new report again this week. The kingdom is working to keep fossil fuels, carbon fuels, at the center of the world economy for decades to come by lobbying, funding, research, and using its diplomatic muscle to obstruct climate action. Saudi interests have spent close to $140 million since 2016 on lobbyists and others to influence American policy and public opinion, making it one of the biggest global spenders on U.S. lobbying according to disclosures to the Department of Justice tallied by the Center for Responsible Politics. Next, Saudi Arabia, listen to this, has also poured $2.5 billion into American universities over the past decade, making the kingdom one of the nation's top contributors to, quote, higher education. Yes, funding the best so-called scientists and experts that money can buy. To say whatever they're told, like the narrative that climate engineering can save us all from ourselves so we can continue on with the business-as-usual carbon-fuel carnival until nothing is left. Of course, the Saudi oil oligarchs are going to continue pushing their product till the brutal bitter end. And how many occupants of the White House have kissed the rings of the Saudi monarchs? How well the weather warfare atrocities serve them all engineer a chemically nucleated frozen material blast into Buffalo, New York, sensationalize the headlines and images, and the majority forget all about the unfolding planetary meltdown as they continue on with their Black Friday holiday shopping sprees. A final point on the carbon fuel carnival of insanity. The so-called Green New Deal is a part of it. Current alternative energy technology is, at best, a carbon fuel extender, How many stop to consider the amount of carbon fuel it takes to make and erect a 450-foot-tall wind turbine that has a very temporary lifespan? That's just one example of so-called green energy. View the documentary film Planet of the Humans to learn what no hypocritical environmental organization will admit to. Next headline from this week from the UK Guardian, the big takeaway from COP27, these climate conferences just aren't working. You think? Yet again, there was no commitment for cutting emissions, should this come as any surprise. But wait, President Biden did his best for the environment, right? Not so much. From InsideClimateNews.org, at COP27, the U.S. said it will lead efforts to halt deforestation. But at home, the Biden administration is considering massive old-growth logging projects. There is so little old-growth left, and it's dying by the day. I have some in the wilderness behind me. And trees four and 500 years old are dying at a blinding pace. The trees have always been my comrades, my companions, while trekking through the wilderness alone. To watch them die, while geoengineering jets spray our skies, is breaking my heart while simultaneously boiling my blood. I will never give up in this battle ever. Occupants of the White House, all the way back to JFK, are nothing more than sock puppets of the controllers. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. None of them care about the environment or us, for the record. Populations are not only expendable to those in power, but a rapidly increasing liability. In the southern hemisphere, how's the Amazon doing? New from the Washington Post, the Amazon forest is reaching a tipping point and starting to collapse. No, not reaching a tipping point. Past a tipping point. The report states its collapse could have devastating consequences, depriving the western forests of moisture and dragging other parts of the ecosystem down with it. There's no could, may, might about this. It is causing a cascading collapse scenario. Here's... But one example of ecosystem collapse that very few might know about or consider from EOS.org, the world's roots are getting shallower. From that report, plant roots act as engineers for Earth's surface, breaking up bedrock, transporting water and nutrients and stabilizing landscapes. Roots are so important that scientists have hypothesized that their evolution, beginning around 415 million years ago, altered landscapes and the course of Earth's actual history. Root-filled soils are hotspots of nutrient cycling and carbon storage. New research finds that the world has lost millions of cubic meters of rooted soil volume, and we're on track to lose much, much more. That's an understatement. The web of life is virtually imploding all over the globe. And then we have scenarios like VPD, vapor pressure deficit. As the forests die, less water vapor is released in the atmosphere. As climate engineering blocks evaporation from oceans, again, less humidity. Atmospheric relative humidity is dropping rapidly. When there's not enough humidity for the surviving plant life on Earth, vapor pressure deficit kicks in. This goes with crops as well. That means that plants, the flora, shut their stomata, their respiratory ports. They don't breathe. They don't absorb carbon. They don't release oxygen. They don't grow. They don't produce. Add the root scenario. On top of that, many areas it's not raining at all. Climate engineering, core causal factor. When it does rain, the rain is toxic. Not speculation. Not theory. Not hypothesis. Lab test proven fact. Climate engineering amounts to certain mathematical global omnicide. It's not a cure. It's not a silver bullet. It's not going to save us. It will ensure our common demise. The climate engineering assault must be exposed and halted. Short of this, all other cares, concerns, and causes will soon be moot. Consider the following timeless quote from Paul A. Phillips. The majority of the human population has allowed itself to be deceived through ignorance, deception, stupidity, chronic apathy, or a serious lack of curiosity and questioning, all somewhat bolstered by cynicism. Consumerism rules. As long as their bellies are full and heads are filled with mindless entertainment or other gratuitous distraction, they're happy. Genetic cloning is unnecessary. Cloning has already been done, care of the effects of mass media brainwashing. Again, Paul A. Phillips. And there is this final thought to consider, a quote from Carl Schurz, who said, We have come to a point where it is loyalty to resist and treason to submit. The vast majority, even now, have no idea what's unfolding at blinding speed, what's nearly upon us. The powers that be, who almost completely control media and thus the narrative, are doing their best to fuel and feed the population's normalcy bias until the moment of impact. How many still believe the term, quote, sustainable development? But the term is a lie. It's an oxymoron. Endless expansion and consumption on a finite planet with finite resources is, of course, impossible. How incredibly self-evident is this conclusion? Again, even now, with the walls closing in and collapsing on every side, reality continues to be denied by most. From the atrocities in our skies to collapsing ecosystems all over the globe, including our oceans, the majority don't have or want a clue. Unfolding and accelerating events will very soon shatter this denial. It's up to all of us to sow the seeds of awareness so that the puzzle pieces can be connected by those that are forced to wake up at that time. What has been will very soon be no more. The sooner that fact is accepted, the more clearly, effectively, and efficiently we can face the gathering storm. What we collectively face is a near-term fight for life, nothing less. The only way forward in this fight is to wake the masses, to reach a critical mass of awareness. How? By planting seeds of credible data from a credible source. Plant the seed and move on. Unfolding events will very soon fertilize it. Those that are capable and courageous enough to awaken will. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific details on how you can help to move this fight forward. The proverbial doomsday clock is perilously close to midnight. Please Make your voice heard, make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.